Welcome to the Michael Grum Show, where we talk about things you don't want to talk about. We talk about sex. We talk about politics. We talk spirituality and substance abuse. Join us by calling 800-699-0980. Think, speak, and be heard. Here now is Michael Grum. Sorry for the delay, folks, but my computer did not like me, so we had to restart our engines. It took about five minutes, so we're a little bit late today, but we're good. Looks like we're good, at least. Anyway, welcome to the Michael Blum Show. I hope everyone had a great week. I know that I did. Go ahead out and live your life to its fullest and uh, enjoy yourselves. Well, that still plays. I didn't know that. You figured I'd know this by now. All right. Anyway. Uh, welcome to the Michael Blum Show. Our call-in number tonight is 800-699-0980. Let me say that one more time. It is 800-699-0980. I have to stand up really, really tall here because I redid my camera and... Um, I don't know. I don't know if people like to really look up my nose like this. You know, I mean, it's pretty close to this camera. I may have to go ahead and tweak that out a little bit. Um, anyway, there's been all sorts of exciting stuff that's happened this week. Um, we have uh, basically uh, we had the, the gun march, uh, 200,000 folks. Wow, that, that's pretty damn good. You know, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Uh, there's a lot of activity uh, behind all that. Most of it, to be quite honest, with the marches and uh, and. Uh, assault weapons and stuff like that, I don't think will help school security. It will make a bunch of liberals very, very happy, though. And um, I talked with a liberal earlier today, and basically I was telling them, well, do you know what even is an assault weapon? I don't care. I don't care what it is. They kill people. Well, you know, knives do too, but we won't got into any real conversation because that's a very typical liberal way of presenting yourself. You just go ahead and state your case, whether it'll work or whether it'll do anything for you at all. And then you go ahead and, and make believe that what you're doing is meaning. You pat yourself on the back and that's that. So um, we have a little bit of info on that. We, we do have a guest that's going to be coming up, I guess, rather shortly because uh, most of this monologue time now is going to be taken up by, uh, um, uh, by some uh, quick stuff and just going through some of the process here. Again, we do talk about the things most people don't like to talk about. So again, if you have uh, anything that you would like to add to the show, again, the number is 800-699-0980. Uh, also, we had uh, Stormy Daniels. That's the, uh, the, uh, the porn star who had uh, consensual sex uh, with uh, Donald Trump a decade ago or so. Uh, what a big deal. Who gives a crap? You know, it's amazing the awakenings, the awakenings that go on with the Democratic Party and the liberals. It's unbelievable. I mean, you know, uh, when uh, Clinton was raping people in the in the White House and uh, Hillary Clinton was in charge of handling the bimbo squad, um, you know, uh, the, the, the people said, it's none of your business what he does. It's none of your business. He's running the country really well. The economy is really good. What he does is none of your business. Now there's been an epiphany. 
The Democrats, they should be thanking and kissing the Republicans because of all the epiphanies the Republicans have caused upon them. Now they realize that might not be a good thing. You know, those moralistic uh, Christians, oh, I'm getting some streaming issues here, but hopefully they'll clear. Um, never had this happen before. This is odd. But anyway, um, uh, the, the epiphany is just unbelievable and astounding to me. It really, really is. It's quite nuts. Um, Stormy Daniels. And now all of a sudden the, the uh, Democrats have gone from, uh, they, they become much more righteous, almost like the Christian folks that they hate. Um, it's, it's really an amazing epiphany. Also, you have um, um, all the horror with the data, the data that the, the Republicans got from Facebook. Well, you know, uh, Obama did the same thing. But of course, if Obama does it, it's okay. He was called a genius. He got every single little piece of data he possibly could suck out of Facebook and social media in general. All of it. He loved it. Wow, what a genius. Um, now, the Republicans do it, and of course, it's terrible. Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe there's a concern with privacy. All of a sudden, again, the, the, now, now they're, all of a sudden, the, the, the Democrats now are concerned with privacy privacy issues, whereas when Obama did it, it was just wonderful and genius. And um, they're more pissed, basically, that some right, right, this right side of politics actually used some of their techniques to do the same thing they did. So that now is, a, you know, it's a big epiphany. Oh, my gosh. All of this, all of this data mining and all that, it really is not good for your privacy. What a shocker. What a shocker, huh? Unbelievable. So anyway, Stormy Daniels, I did not see the interview, uh, folks. I really did not. Um, I really don't know what, uh, what, uh, that could add to anything. This is consensual sex between two people cheating on a wife. Yeah, it's terrible. 50% of all men who are married supposedly do that. I'm not condoning it. I would never do that. And I've been very, very faithful to my wife to the umpteenth degree, nor would I even want to go ahead and, and uh, do anything like that at all. Um, so so I really, I didn't listen to it because I don't really care what she has to say. Of course, this whole thing really seemed at the end not to have anything to do with her or what she says or how salacious the interview was or anything like that at all. What it has to do with basically now is to see if we can get Trump on maybe uh, on campaign finance uh, um, laws or something else. All of this stuff, all of this stuff is is based on, on Trump... Uh, Finding something, maybe Mueller, 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 the the, uh, the 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 absolute pinnacle of 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 conscious and righteousness and um, um, uh, the, the most uh, clean individual in the government. What you know, bullshit. You know, but uh, I heard the same thing about Comey, didn't we? You know, and you know he's just a, a perjuring liar who uh, leaks information illegally. So you know. Same thing with Mueller. I mean, if you think that he's there to find out about Russian collusion at this point in time, you're a moron. I don't know what conversation I can have with you. He can continue going ahead and search and search and search and search for something that's not there. It's like the missing link, trying to find it and causing a lot of money to be spent on the taxpayer's behalf. But that's okay because we have wonderful Jeff. Remember Jeff? He's the attorney general, Jeff Sessions. Remember him? <laughs> wonder what happened to him huh pretty unbelievable um anyway like i said normally about i i would talk a little bit more about these things and i had some other gun stuff that i wanted to do but um i'm going to call up our guest because i told him i would in and around this time and i uh, would we'll get him on the phone and then we will talk 
to him. Uh, uh, oh, something else kind of got bombed out. What happens? I started the show, and then when I wanted to stream, all of a sudden the entire system just froze. So I had to restart everything up. But we're going to go ahead and give uh, Mr. Fitzgibbons a call and see what's going on. So let's give him a call. Hopefully he'll be there. He'll pick up and we'll uh, continue. We'll continue our conversation. Call us up, 800-699-0980. Again, 800-699-0980. Hello. Hi, Mr. Fitzgibbons. How are you doing today? Hey, how you doing, Michael? I'm doing great. We're going to welcome uh, Patrick Fitzgibbons to the show. He's had uh, umpteenth years of experience uh, uh, in terms of criminal justice. And... Um, uh, I remember listening to Abby Hoffman when I was a kid, and he said the only uh, the only justice in the courts is in the halls. And I think what he meant is that people make deals. Um, and um, so uh, I'm, uh, I want to start by just welcoming you. Can you tell us how you got involved with uh, with law enforcement? How long you've been doing this, and what you actually do? Well, I'm uh, I got in law enforcement after I got out of the military. Uh, I was in the army uh, for about four years down in uh, Fort Bragg. And I always wanted to serve. I, I come from a military family, and, um, and so I got out of the military and came back to Colorado and uh, entered into the police academy. And I've been in law enforcement for about 21 years. Currently, I'm an operations commander, which means that I'm in charge of all the patrol officers in my department. Cool. Where, where do you operate out of? Uh, I'm just outside of Boulder, Colorado. Um, if you know where Boulder is, uh, it relates to Denver. It's about 40 minutes uh, northwest uh, of Denver, just in a, in, a, in a city called Louisville, Colorado. Oh, a beautiful area in the United States. I was there. Yeah. I went to Vail for yeah. the first time, uh, ooh, I don't know, about two years ago. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I didn't go during the winter because I don't like the cold too much. That's why I'm down here in South Florida. Uh, <laughs> but but it was but it was really great, really really great. Um, so so I'm curious, yeah. you know, there's some things that really bug me and bother me about government. And first of all, you know, you know, you're new to the show. I have to kind of uh, basically, I think that the problem with the United States is the government of the United States, and the problem never solves the problem. Mm -hmm. It must be done from someone outside. That's why um, um, I, I don't know that I'd say I'm a Trump fan, but basically I, th I think that he may be the only one who's, who could actually do something because he's an outsider. I'm looking for that outsider perspective. And he's loaded himself up with some people in his organization that um, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, are you familiar with Fusion GPS and that whole uh, thing that's going on? You know, I'm not. I don't keep up with with much politics these days. I mean, I used to, but I'm not keeping up with it. Ah, okay, okay. Because I was going to ask your opinion on some stuff like that. Um, what do you What do you find to be the biggest problem, let's say, in terms of criminal justice at this point in the United States? Wow, that's a that's a uh, that's a big big question. It's, it's a, broad a broad question. question. Yes, I know. <laughs> But I, I think we have a we have an opiate crisis uh, in the United States. Uh, I'm sure you're aware with uh, you know heroin. It, you know it's always been out there, but it's getting it's cheaper to get now, and uh, it, it's very very prevalent. Not just where I'm at, but around the country. I mean, you, you've probably seen it, Michael, and, and you know you read the news and see what's going on, and we're all, with all the overdoses. And I, I think that, that's probably one of the biggest problems we face uh, in law enforcement now is just kind of. Um, 
you know, trying to tackle that issue. I mean, for example, I never thought uh, we would be at a point in my career in law enforcement where we would be covering or we would be carrying Noxalone, which is basically mm-hmm. uh, a drug that helps reverse uh, overdoses. And I, I never thought we would come to a point in law enforcement where we would have to administer uh, Narcan, which is Noxalone, to, to people who are overdosing on opiates. But that's where we're at, and you know, that's, that's just the nature of uh, the, the profession. It's funny, but I would say that's one of the biggest problems. It's funny because you're calling from Colorado, and they're you know one of the first states to go ahead and legalize marijuana. Uh, has that yeah. has that worked for the state, or has that created more of an issue for for criminal justice? You know, I that's a great question. I've gotten that a lot over the last couple of years, and I can only speak from my perspective. I can't speak for any other agencies out there, but um, the marijuana legalization hasn't been that big of an issue from from my perspective and, and where I'm at. Uh, maybe some other departments, you know, have other issues, but you know, we've never really had that big of a, a problem with it. I mean, there's more there's more issues with alcohol, Michael, and, and heroin and other hard drugs than uh, than there has ever been, at least in my career, with with marijuana. Sure, it's you can't cultivate it and, and transport it, you know, and all that stuff. But I, I think alcohol is a much bigger problem, and of course, the harder drugs. Do you, how do you feel it would be the best way to handle the situation? I know that uh, the, the White House has pretty much said, well, we need to go ahead and really put these people in prison and, mm-hmm. and get very, very tough with them. Do you see that as an answer or do you find that that probably wouldn't work? Well, no, I think that people need to held, be held accountable and, and, you know, some people, you know, need to go to prison and, and, uh, I think that's one way to approach it, and I'm a cop, so I, I think people need to be held accountable for their actions. But I also think we need to be, uh, you know, spending a little bit more on education and treatment and alternatives. Because reality, Michael, is people are going to get out of prison. That's a misnomer. People think when they go to prison, they're going to be, you know, some people think when somebody goes off to prison, they're going to be out. They're going to be there forever. No, the reality is, is the majority of people are going to get out of prison at some point. So we can either, you know, help with you know, education reentry programs before they come back. Uh, or we could just have this revolving door. But like I said, I think people need to be held accountable, and I'm all for sending people to prison. The people need to be there. Sure. Are you familiar with a group called LEAP? I am not. All right. It's a law enforcement against prohibition. So they, they, they're kind of like, um, they feel that the war on drugs was a failure. <clears throat> the war on drugs did nothing. And if you're going to continue to just pump money into this thing, it won't work. They're more like uh, legalization folks than anything else. Mm-hmm. They feel there should be some system uh, where slowly you can start to legalize these things to get everyone out of that criminal mm-hmm. justice system and maybe perhaps it's some treatment or things like that. Is that a, 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 a tact that you feel would work? You know, it just depends, man. It's supply and demand. I mean, just because and some people don't know this, Michael, I mean, just because marijuana is legal in Colorado and other states now doesn't mean there's not a black market for, for marijuana. There is, even even with the legalization of marijuana, much, you know, the synthetic marijuana, the, the stuff that is laced. So, you know, there is a black market. So to answer your question, if you, if you legalize certain drugs, maybe legalize whatever, cocaine, just for an example, you know, there's still going to be an underground, there's still going to be a black market for that stuff. And, and maybe it will work, but you know, I, I don't know. That's a great question. I mean, you would decide, I've tried it. I mean, in my opinion, the government's going to make money off of it. Sure. Well, I, absolutely. <laughs> you know, the, I mean, if nothing know, the, else, the that. government is, 
the government's not going to legalize something and say keep their hands off of it. So no. they're, they're going to make money no. off of it. No. But that's a great question. The government always takes their little slice of life from you, doesn't it? Oh, exactly. <laughs> it's just how it is. So, so how did how did you get involved with all of this? I mean, uh, I, I don't know. Were you like a, a kid in in uh, sixth grade and you said I'm going to get into criminal justice? Was like a was it a passion for you to do this? <laughs> well, I mean, it didn't really. Like I said, I, I grew up in a military family. My dad was in the in the military. Um, I, I think it really started, you know, I still really started getting interested in it. Um, you know, when I was about in high school, we had a substitute teacher who was a Denver police officer. And, um, you know, I remember talking to him and, uh, you know, in the 80s and, you know, law enforcement was a little different. But, you know, I kind of got hooked uh, after that and, and the idea. And then I went into the military myself and, yeah, it really uh, it's something that always fascinated with uh, fascinated me. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and that's how I got into it. I've always always had this you know this desire to serve and and uh, wear a uniform and help people. And so, so you're doing something that you have a passion for, something you really love and enjoy. Yeah, I, I do, and and I've been doing it for a while, 21 years, and there's ups and downs, just like any other career. And you know, you don't see people you know, at their best, you know, when you're uh, you know, when you're responding to, uh, to calls for service, but it, it really is a great job. I know law enforcement's going through a tough time. It's, it's been a rough couple of years or, you know, more than that, well, but it got, always comes around. You know, yeah. In, in some circles, you guys are the problem, you see, you know? I mean, yeah. Yeah. We, we, yeah, and, and there, there are some, uh, bad cops out there. I've always said that I, I, I teach and, uh, but I think the overwhelming majority of officers out there are just good people. They're just trying to do a job. So then, not, not many people in your department wake up one day and go, "Gee, I wonder how many black people I can just kill for no reason at all today, no. or assault, or arrest, or anything." Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, I, are, are there bad shootings out there, Michael? And yes, it's unfortunate. Are there bad cops? I've always said yes, but I don't think anybody gets up in the morning. And I'm just speaking for the people I know, and, and which are a lot of people in law enforcement. They don't. They don't get up every morning and say, "I'm going to go shoot somebody." Right. I, I mean, why would why would you, why why would you why would you put everything on the line? Why would you put you know, your life and, and you know, your, your family to, to go out and just purposely shoot people. Maybe, maybe there are, but, well, you know, I, that's, that's I, I, say, I say that with a, a good helping of facetiousness, so I'm, I'm assuming yeah, really yeah. that that doesn't really happen. But, I mean, that's that's kind of how, how a lot of the, uh, uh, of the uh, minority communities kind of view the police. These are people that are not friends, not buddies, not anything. Um, do you have... But a, that's a... Go ahead. But that's a point. That's... And you bring up a really good point, and, and but that is an opportunity that we need to take as law enforcement to get back. And it's not now is not the time to get into a shell like we've traditionally done. Now is the time to get out with the communities. And, and I'm not ignorant. I'm not naive. I mean, there are people in the community that are never going to like the police, and I get that. But we need to be out with the communities. I don't care what community it is, engaging and trying to help and solve problems rather than having that us against them mentality. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, I, I remember growing up in Brooklyn, New York, I remember the policemen on the beat. I mean, the police walking up and oh, down yeah. the streets. And actually, you got to know who they were. You know, you'd go ahead, you could invite them for dinner sometimes or whatever. And it was a complete, oh, yeah. completely different thing. Um, I, I don't know if that there's so many things from my past that are missing in today's world uh, that I wonder if that's just one of the other things that went by the wayside, you know. That, um, well, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist. I mean, I... I I like to think that the majority of people out there are good people, and, and like I said, it's it's our job in law enforcement. One of our jobs, I think, is to reconnect and to, to, to try to bridge those 
those graphs and to try to regain that trust that we've lost over the years. Not not with every agency, but we have in some communities, and we need to rebuild that. We need to build that relationship again. Um, do you do you see anything <clears throat> in your jurisdiction where that's happening, or where there's like that someone is actually formulating? Oh yeah, we have, we have a yeah we have a we have a very positive relationship with our community. I have uh, friends that work for the Denver Police Department, Boulder, diverse communities. Uh, and it really depends on where you're at, Michael. Some areas are, are, are stronger than others, but it, it, you don't give up. You've got to keep trying. So Sure, sure. You know, so I, I really remember that, and I thought it was good. I, I, always, I always felt that there should be, and I've seen this. I don't know if you have them in Colorado. It almost looks like an elevated booth, which is placed mm-hmm. in the streets, and it acts as kind of like, a, I guess, a, a transient police station of some type. But it's, I think it's... <laughs> Basically, just to make sure that the community sees that there are people out there that are there to protect them and there to help them yes. should they need it. Um, and um, you, 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 you mentioned about you know growing up in, in New York City with you know seeing cops on the beat walking around. Sure. You know, I love to see that with my officers. I think it's very important to get out of the car to, to talk with people, and, and I've seen that in big cities and. Yeah, that's something that, you know, we need to start doing. I know in my department we do a lot of that. I, I can't speak for others, but officers need to go out, to get out of their car and walk around and engage with people. Now, sometimes that's hard, you know, when you're working graveyards, but, you sure. know, it can be done. It can be, the simple, it can be as simple as, you know, going into a bar and, you know, just, just talking to people. And, you know, I know it sounds corny sometimes, but, you know, we do it here and, and other agencies can do it too. It's just, you know... Because people, you know, I mean, you know, you know how you feel when a cop shows up, a uniformed police officer, you think somebody's in trouble. Well, sometimes that's not the case. We're just walking around. We're talking with people, engaging, and I like to see a lot of that. Do you feel that any of the officers that you know of are fear for their lives or, f- or have had some type of a change in sentiment due to all the, uh, what I would call, political nonsense involving law enforcement? Well, I think... You know, I think every officer kind of thinks, you know, they, they kind of go out there, you know, they're, they're vigilant, they're hyper-vigilant, they're always aware of their surroundings. But, but you, uh, the officers I know don't go out there, they, they, you know, thinking what, you know, oh, God, I can't, I can't do what I'm supposed to do. I can't, I can't enforce the law because I'm afraid that what's going to happen, the political correctness or some group sure. screaming hot. I mean, they, they go out there and they, they do the job and, and they don't have that, at least the officers I know, they, they, they go out there to try to do a good job. Because once you start thinking that way, Michael, once you just start thinking, oh, my God, I can't do this, some group's going to start screaming or it's not politically correct. But as long as they're within the law and they're acting ethically and morally, you know, the officers I know are just going out there trying to do a good job in a very difficult environment. Yeah, well, it is a very – I mean, let's let's face it. You folks, uh, police uh, and fire, I mean, you're, you're, that's what you're set up for. You walk into a situation, yeah. you don't know really what the heck's going to go on. Uh, yeah. That's why yeah, I – you just got to keep your guard up and – Yeah, that, that's why I've always admired uh, law enforcement and um, – and the fire in particular, because law enforcement, I think you can go out and get have a day where there's not much going on, but each time that – <laughs> you get a call to go into a burning building. You're risking your life uh, continually. Yeah. So, so I have well, a lot of yeah, respect. I think it's. I think, it's, I think. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I and I think it's important. You know, I, I have a podcast. You, you you probably know that, Michael. I have a I have my own podcast. It's it's a number one rated podcast called CJ Evolution. And I and I talk about some of the issues in law enforcement. I think one of the one of the things that we have to do in law enforcement is we have to have a life outside of law enforcement. We have to. 
you know, find friends that aren't cops. I'm not saying I don't love cops. I love cops. But you need to have friends outside of law enforcement because a lot of times all we're filled, you know, all we see is negativity. And uh, unfortunately, it's other officers sometimes. So it's I would encourage officers out there that are going to listen to, you know, if you, if you are, if you have friends outside of law enforcement, great. If you don't, you need to get friends outside of law enforcement, kind of balance it out. Sure. You know, uh, um when when I was uh, when I lived in New York, when I lived in Brooklyn, actually, um, I was going out with someone, a young lady who absolutely hated the police. I remember her yeah. just acting so rude. I mean, and uh, she just said, "I can't stand them. I just can't stand them." And I, I had like such a different attitude with it. I, I said, what, "What do you mean? I mean, they, they're they're human beings. They're people, and they're here to help you." I said, "What what is it that you don't like about that?" And um, I think it's press, and I think it is that fear. You know, like you just said, if uh, you can be in the middle of a conversation, I'm sure you experience this, and people are talking, whatever, and you walk over, and you're not there to go ahead and bust anyone's chops, but all of a sudden the conversation changes. Oh yeah, well, but that, that that's when you you know you that's where the officer can you know put a smile on his face, and I've I've been in that situation too, but you know just kind of strike up a conversation. Now I'm not ignorant. Again, I. Some people, for whatever reason, are just not going to like the police, and I get that. They're entitled to their opinion, but, you know, all, all I can do, and I bet, you know, cops are cops. They have bad days. And, um, sure, like anyone else. But, yeah, like everyone else, but it's important to, to try to get, you know, maintain a positive attitude and, you know, go out there and try to do the best job you can. We do work for the people, um, so it, it's, a, it's a hard job. I mean, but I, uh, I believe in, you know, I mean, having – you know, outlets, you know, I'm, I'm, I meditate a lot. You know, it sounds funny. People laughing at me sometimes tell me when I tell them I meditate, but I think that's important for me. I, I have other outlets. So I think you need to take care of yourself emotionally is what I tell officers and uh, physically, obviously. Sure. But you, you really need to, to, to really take care of yourself. Uh, look, you, you're in one of the most stress-related jobs I think that there are. So. Yeah. You know, and I'm a dentist by trade, so that's considered to be a very, very stressful job too. Whenever you're dealing yeah, with people, it that. can get to be tough. It's yeah. not like here's your yeah. hot dog. Uh, would you like some sauerkraut? You know, it's it's not that. You know, it's not 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 that not that kind of a thing. Though sometimes I really wish it was. Sometimes I wish I just take a box off the wall or whatever and say, "Here you go." <laughs> and that's well, it's it. just life, you know. I mean, it's life, and it's what we make of it. I mean, we we can we can be negative, and we can doing it or we can be positive we control that you know and yeah it's a dangerous environment but not everybody out there michael is a criminal sure uh, i've realized that over many years and and most people are good uh it's just that we deal with the you know the, the certain percentage that are that are bad most of the time and that's just the way it doesn't mean everybody is just like that so sure sure it's like you know and you, sometimes you, you know at least i i do i know i would I get jaded sometimes. I'm dealing with uh, like a disease of the mouth continually and constantly. When oh yeah. I, when I see someone that comes in and they have a normal dentition, I'm kind of surprised, you know, because that's. And then you see that person, you see that patient, and you're like, "Why are you doing this? Why are you letting this happen to yourself? Why are you?" I mean, you probably say the same thing. I mean, why why don't you change things? I mean, you have the power, right? Sure, that's where it all is. It's all in what you do. Ninety five percent of the yeah. work I do has to do with uh, negligence and just. Um, Exactly. Not doing what really just would make sense. Um, <laughs> it, it, that, that's just how it is. I guess that's people all over the place. So that's just how it yeah, is. Yeah, it is. Sir. Um, uh, what do you think about all this, the gun issues going on here and uh, as compared to school security? Um, I have been, first, I live about five minutes from Parkland and I mm -hmm. pass by it every day when I go to work. 
Parkland is a beautiful, calm community. Yeah. One, one of the few around that I know of that's actually located between two other really good calm communities. It's located between Boca Raton, yeah. which is rather affluent, and Coral Springs. And um, I'm surprised, to be quite honest, and I'd like your opinion as to maybe why, that, that the, the sheriff of Broward County, I don't know why he's still in office. Yeah, I was I was wondering about that. I mean, we were, we were I was talking with some officers um, about that, and, and you know, he, he was on the on a lot of news, and, and um, you know, kind of putting himself out there immediately afterwards. Which you don't you don't see that a lot in in, in public relations and law enforcement. You kind of wait, um, you know, before you get all the facts. I, I, I yeah, but I, I don't know. You know, I mean, that's a, the decision. You know, that is. Uh, for other people to make, whether whether or not he keeps his job. I mean, I, I do think it's a disgrace how that uh, deputy was, was hanging outside of the school while there's, uh, you know, this idiot's in there shooting kids, you know, defenseless kids, and, and you, got that de you got that deputy that's just hanging out there. I, just, I mean, that was, we saw that around the country, Michael, and, and we all had the same reaction. There's, I don't think there's anybody in law enforcement that said, yeah, he did the right thing. We're just not trained that way. That's so crazy to me. You know, to me, it's all politics. Um, he's um, uh, in, 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 uh, in Florida, you go ahead and uh, you elect the sheriff. He's not an appointee. Mm -hmm. And uh, this uh, Broward County is a very democratic uh, area. And he was elected mm -hmm. there. Um, they did uh, pass an ordinance called the Promise Act. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all. It's a no, no. It's an Obama initiative to try to stop the quote unquote mm -hmm. pipeline of school to prison. And mm -hmm. um, every single school district in Broward County signed off on it. And basically, what it said is, don't call the police. Don't involve the police in most issues that are going on. And if you read through it, it gets to be. They're talking about misdemeanors, obviously. They're not talking about someone taking a gun and <laughs> shooting the place up. But um, they they. It's disturbing to read because it says things like, uh, we have come to the conclusion that students that may steal or rob or have some of these misdemeanors may have a hard time getting a job later on. Well, I'm saying, well, no, sh no shit. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't seem any, it doesn't seem to make sense to me. Why wouldn't you want, you know, I mean, if we're, if we're just doing it because a student might not get a job. Yeah, right and, 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 and it gets <laughs> it, it gets worse from there. It says that this is a, a basically a minority issue, so we should be aware of that, whatever that might mean. Um, kind of like, well, uh, give the uh, black uh, kids a you know a little, a little bit of an extra uh, slide if things happen. It specifically mentions the misdemeanors they're talking about. And a lot of them I agree with. I think if a, a kid, you know, uh, had a, had a in high school, maybe had a joint in his pocket. I don't think it should ruin the rest of his life. Uh, no, I, I agree with that. You know, but yeah. what, one of the things it does say very clearly in there is threats. So if someone threatens someone, according to this um, program, um, there's no re real need to call the police. So I have a, th hmm. I just have a feeling some of these guys figured this was the protocol, which is so wrong. It's ridiculous. But um, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, that's that seems kind of strange to me that you wouldn't have even something that you know because a lot of it is if you can nip things early on because some of these can grow into bigger issues, right? Sure. You know, later on down the road. So 
it, it seems to me, I mean, you would want law enforcement. And, and a lot of times, Michael, and you, you might know this, that you, just because law enforcement shows up doesn't mean that somebody's in trouble. You know, I mean, it just means that we get involved, we document it, and maybe there's action, maybe there's no action. But uh, I, I think that, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't understand that. <laughs> It'd be an interesting so, read for you. Uh, it's uh, the Promise Act. Um, yeah, I have to look that up and, and read it. Yeah, but very, very, very weird. I mean, you read through that stuff and you'll be going, well, you know, it's, it's just so odd. Mm -hmm. Basically, you're letting people have a free ride if they commit a, a, a misdemeanor crime. And uh, it should yeah. be, you know, I don't like people getting away with anything in particular. You know, I don't want to ruin someone's lives over something that's nonsense. But uh, No, I, I agree with that, yeah. You know, but you have to, you have to, not punishment is not the wrong word, but you have to go ahead and uh, there has to be contingency. There must be consequences to your actions or otherwise you really sure. have no way to guide yourself through life. It gets kind of nuts. Um, yeah. Uh, the other big thing from all that was is the gun control issue. Now I'm curious how you stand on that. You mean as far as what? Do you, what do you mean? Um, uh, so banning assault uh, weapons, let's say. I mean, you know, they just had the 200,000 uh, people just marched on Washington, and um, um, there's a group called Campus Reform that went through, and they they do videos all the time, and they took these uh, kids that, that are protesting and they said how many of you want an assault weapon ban and they all raised their hand and then the guy says well what's an assault weapon and no one knows yeah well i mean i think the first thing it starts with education i mean um you know my, my other thing michael is okay say, say you say you ban assault rifles right now what do you do with the millions the hundreds of millions that are out there on the market right now are, are you going to go door to door you know, and have law enforcement go to door to door and, and, and get the assault rifles. Um, we, we had something, or we didn't, but look at look at Austin, uh, Texas. They had that bomber, crazy right, guy. that yeah. was blowing people up. Yeah, not, not one rifle involved. Um, so the, the one thing about Florida, and it was a horrible tragedy, but it was interesting how they now started incorporating the, the discussion about mental illness, which I think is important. Um, you know, and my point is, I, I can take my AR, yes, I have an AR, and I can put it uh, in my office right now against the wall, and I can watch it all day and see how many people it injures. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I, I do, do, you know, my wife and I have this discussion uh, sometimes, Michael, and, you know, she's a, a big proponent of not having, people not having assault rifles, and uh, I, I don't want to get into a, a Second Amendment issue, but I, I, I think that there, there's much more out there going on in the world. It, it, there's much more components than this than just banning assault rifles. I, I think there's, you know, uh, you know, the moral fabric of our society is in, in decay to some degree. I think there's mental illness that is now more than, and maybe it's always been out, you know, out there. It probably has, but there's so many issues out there. So if you ban, if you ban rifles, what's next? Sure. Well, to me, that's the 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 uber left, the leftists. All they look at is this is a start of getting rid of the Second Amendment, which is, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I don't like a comparisons like this, but basically the first thing Hitler did was disarm the population. Yeah, if you look at some of the the, the work, you look at nine eleven was done with planes and box cutters. You look at Oklahoma City was done with fertilizer. You, you, in what in New York City, what a couple of years ago they had, I think it was in New York City, they had that guy driving around a U-Haul running over joggers. So, and what people, I don't know, maybe you know, Michael, maybe your listeners know, there, there's more stabbings in this country 
you know, deaths by sharp objects, by knives, uh, by handguns than there are with rifles. So mm-hmm. I don't know if people know that. Yeah, um, well, but, that, that's the, so, I'm aware of that statistic, that there are far more deaths and injuries from knives than yeah. there are from assault weapons. As a matter of fact, from the stats that I read, they said that um, only 3% of all deaths in the United States with guns, and that includes suicides, that includes actual law enforcement killing mm-hmm. people, it's about 3%. Yeah. You know, but they say, well, that's 3% too many, you know. And, but, uh, well, I, I, I agree with that, but, but you know, there, there's, there are tens of thousands of people that get killed in car accidents every year. Are we going to get rid of cars? I mean, what? <laughs> yeah, and you know what? You there, know, I mean, there are people who use their cars as weapons. I mean, that's what happened in, in England. Exactly. You know, so, just so. I, mean, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think there's, there, there, I don't think there's any easy fix, Michael. This is a multifaceted discussion. I mean, there's there's all kinds of different issues that come into play, but I, I don't think it. You know, I just don't think you can focus on one thing and say, "Well, that's going to solve everything." Well, I, I think you know they'll I mean? be very they'll be very disappointed if they think this will solve anything at all. Because to me, uh, well, I, well I think well, you know as well as I do, there's people out there that do think that way. Sure, sure. Uh, and you know, there's there's people that. There's people that say, well, you know, if we raise the age to, to 21 to buy an assault rifle, maybe, yeah, and I, I'm not necessarily in disagreement with that, but, you know, I mean, the legal age to drink is 21, and kids still get alcohol, right? Yep. Oh, you can get whatever you want. You want to get no. something illegally, you'll go ahead and do it. And, you know, there is that old yeah. adage that the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Um, yeah. And so to me, I really, I look at this as two separate issues. One is a political issue, and it has to do with gun regulation and the Second Amendment. And the other thing, which mm-hmm. is by far the more important thing to be concerned with, is school safety. Just school I agree. safety. I agree. Uh, where did I go last? Uh, you know, I, I'm... Oh, it was at the temple. I went to, I went to uh, my, my granddaughter had a baby naming at a temple, and there were armed, two armed guards there. We walked mm-hmm. through metal detectors. People were, this is at a place of worship, um, you know, yeah. and, and uh, but <laughs> no one's coming in there and going to cause grief or a problem. You know, I say to people quite often that they're, you know, they want to go ahead and ban guns. I said, would you put a sign outside of your house saying this house is gun free? Would you make an announcement and put that on your lawn, a big sign that says this house is gun free? And most yeah, of them, most I mean, of them, you know, what the answer would be, no, I wouldn't do that. Well, why? <laughs> you know, why well, and, and you know, the, the reality is, you know, I mean, it, it, I think in a lot of a lot of regards, you know, banning certain things, especially you know, weapons and things, that 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 hurts the, the law-abiding citizen like you and me, Michael. It, it, the criminals don't give a damn whether or not they're they're assault rifle bans or <laughs> right. They don't. It's not going to make a difference care. to them. Um, but yeah, sure. <laughs> So um, I really take, uh, I really separate both issues out. And there's a video I, I've mm-hmm. been playing like every single um, broadcast that I've been doing since the Parkland thing, where this is, this is a guy talking in a, some meeting in front of Donald Trump. And basically, he's basically saying, you guys can talk about this crap all you want with the Second Amendment and all that. We need to get security. Said 9-11 happened once. And now he says, I can't bring a goddamn bottle of water on a plane. You know, he, he said, mm-hmm. he said, I was in the Department of Education today. He says, there's an armed security guard in the elevator. He says, you know how that makes mm-hmm. me feel? He says, but you can go ahead and just allow anyone to walk into a school and just shoot the damn place up. And this guy, to me, was like mm-hmm. 100% right. Uh, it's not a matter of, you want to go and change laws, go ahead. You know, I, I'm, 
Although driving a car is not obviously a constitutional right listed in the Bill of Rights, sure. you know the state of you know the state of Florida demands a lot of you. First, you must have insurance. Second, you have to take tests. Third, is you have to renew those tests, and um, you mm -hmm. know that's for a car, and a car can be used as a weapon. So I'm not opposed to certain things with guns. I really, I've been to some of these gun shows, and they're they're kind of. You, you see all sorts of weird stuff going on there. You know, I don't know how much of it is legal, how much of it is not, but it, there's mm -hmm. obvious, some, obvious to me that there's some nefarious activity that goes on there. So there are certain facets of the mm -hmm. law I think that you could use, uh, and uh, they, they may be a help. Um, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, to me, kids are stupid. They don't have a brain until they're 30, if that. So, yeah, you know. And sometimes you can capitalize on that. Like if you're in the military, <laughs> you want someone that's yeah. not all that brilliant, really, at this point in time. Someone who will just follow <laughs> follow along and do whatever needs to be done. But, um, yeah. But, but, yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, I, I, I never thought we would, I don't know if you did, Michael, when you, when you were younger. I mean, I, I just I, I never thought we'd be in the place we are today, where you know we. And I went to a Catholic school here, and you know, good old Catholic school when I was growing up, and you know, and I don't know if that was a good or bad thing, but we didn't have we didn't have uh, we didn't have metal detectors in school, and now it's you know it's becoming the norm in some areas. So it's it's crazy, but unfortunately, it, that's the thing that would prevent having a few yeah. people. To me, having a, yeah. one or two people that are armed. Because these cowards don't want to go into a place where they might get hurt or shot. They want to go yeah. ahead and cause major damage, so they pick all the soft targets. So let's not make the yeah. schools a soft targets any, anymore. And then I think you'll have some school security. The gun issue, whole separate thing. A whole separate thing that probably well, I, won't do much. Well, and I think, unfortunately, with some schools, this is just my opinion, but I think you know some schools are, are reluctant to put up, and I'm all for putting metal detectors up there, but I think some schools are probably reluctant to do that because then they, they it's that image, you know, that they might have a problem and they don't want that image. You know what I mean? I, I do. I, I think it's kind of foolish. But, so get get one of those, get, get a guy with a wand, you know. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, stand by and, and do it that way if need be. Um, have kids have um, sure. have to have ID. You know, I, there, yeah. there's so many things that I've been thinking of with this. I You know, like on a cruise ship. If you go off a cruise ship, they know you're off the ship. If you come onto the cruise ship, they know that you're on the ship. Everyone is searched. There's conveyors, X-ray units, and a security guard at every single um, every single port on the ship that you can get in and out of. And uh, I, I, why not have uh, why not have IDs for the kids? So this way, you, at least you know who's yeah. in the building, who's out of the building. They're just some simple well, things. I think I, I think they do. I mean, the, the schools where we're at, they have ID, IDs for the, for the for the at least in high school. Um, and then, of course, kids lose them, and, and sure. you know that's another issue. But, sure. The other but thing that's is a good idea. The other thing is that coming from New York, I mean, uh, the school was one building, one way in, one way out. If you opened up yeah. one of the doors inside, an alarm would go off. You know, like a fire alarm. If you opened up any other doors in there, now the uh, the campuses down here in Florida are sprawling. There, yeah, I, I saw Parkland. It was a huge school. It's one of the biggest, right? Brown yeah, it, County it is huge. Like it is huge, and and there are a lot of the schools here in Boca Raton, which is like a five minute ride. Same thing. Uh, you know, there are multiple buildings. So if I want to go, if I'm going to go see a student uh, production of something, I just I walk into the auditorium. I don't have to go through any one yeah. specific place, and. Uh, yeah. So there's some simple things that really could be done that I, I think really, really would help. They just don't seem to really do them. Um, 
Well, school security should be, uh, you know, now on the forefront. It, it should have been after, you know, Columbine, and I, I think it's 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 good in some areas and maybe lacking in others, but it needs to be consistent uh, across the country. Yeah, it is amazing to me that since Columbine, almost nothing's been done really for school security. Nothing. No, I mean, I think what what changed, you know, that was that was the really the birth of the school resource officer after Columbine. And, um, you know, some some agencies are more fortunate than others to have dedicated school resource officers uh, in the schools. Or my agency is, is lucky to have a dedicated school resource officer, um, but some agencies don't. I mean, some agency, I would, you, you know, I think probably the bigger agencies probably have a, lot, a little bit more resources, but. You know, it starts with getting, you know, people in the schools and, and being in there a lot and more than they are. Sure. The other thing that really is disturbing to me is I can go to Amazon and uh, look for nitrile gloves. Okay. These are mm-hmm. heat-resistant gloves. And this is on Amazon. And then later on, if I'm on Google, I get ads for nitrile gloves. Mm-hmm. Okay, then on my email, three or four people are emailing me about nitrile gloves. So there's, there's yeah. obviously, um, I forget the computer term for it, but there's a protocol to go ahead and do all this stuff. If someone is posting yeah. hate and threatening people, I don't understand why they couldn't make some type of a, of a procedure to do that. You know, if a guy buying guns or a crazy amount of guns or whatever, or telling he's going to kill yeah. school people, I don't know why there can't be a, a way that that could be found out as easily as people who are looking for other things in life, like a nitrile glove. Uh, so, yeah. so I think there's also, there's also so, things in, in, the, in technology that could help as well. Um, oh, sure. You know, now you mentioned you mentioned the podcast that you do. Um, again, was mm-hmm. it's a C, CJ like uh, Charlie John? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Charlie John Evolution. Okay. Dot com, and you, that's the website. And uh, the the actual podcast is called CJ Evolution. It's on iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, I've been doing it for about a little over a year and a half now, mm-hmm. or almost a year and a half. I've really been fortunate, Michael. I've had you know, New York Times bestselling authors on. I have people inside and outside of law enforcement come on the show, leadership experts, you know, fitness experts. Uh, and it's been a great ride. It's, it's, it's been really fun. And it's growing, which, uh, which is fun. Yeah, well, that's, that's the whole purpose. Uh, we're kind of a little bit more eclectic here. Um, I, I started doing this show as reality radio. We talked a lot about substance abuse. So that's really, I, yeah. I, I, had, I owned a, a halfway house for a little while. Um, then I have some issues, nice. issues in my family that uh, made it uh, important for me to get involved. And now we kind of talk about tougher issues if we can, you know. And um, yeah, and that's uh, good. So that that's kind of the nature of what I do over here. Um, yeah. So uh, I, what what are your plans coming up for uh, for the future uh, with your podcast? Do you have anything different? Are you just going to keep on going for a little while with what you got? Well, I'm going to keep going, build the show, uh, maybe maybe a book down the road. Uh, but right now, I'm having a great time. I'm uh, I'm fortunate to to have people like you reach out to me, and I can come on the show and, and talk about law enforcement and uh, the podcast. And I, and I sure do appreciate it. But right now, I'm just having fun. I'm having a good time uh, with my job, my eight to five, and or nine to five, and uh, growing my show and, and growing the 
you know, the podcast. So it's, it's great. But, but down the road, probably venture into other things, you know, like a book or something Sure, like you that. see where this is good, like a open, open up the opportunities for you to go ahead and lead somewhere else. Uh, oh, yeah. That's exactly. very, very cool. Uh, you're a phenomenally good guest, too. You, you speak really well. Uh, you're engaging. I have all my notes here, which I didn't refer to. <laughs> because we could just, you know, just it's very loose, very good, nice, nice talk. I, I was hoping to get into some of the other stuff with uh, General Flynn and things a little bit more on the federal level, yeah. but that's not your bag. So we'll save that for some, yeah. some other time. So, again, if, if, if folks want to get in touch with you or have questions, they could do that through the through CJEvolution.com, I assume. Yeah, you can, you can find me on CJEvolution.com. You'll see uh, a link to Twitter, uh, Facebook, my blog. Um, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on Instagram. You can all find it on the website. Where do so. you, I'm just curious. Where, where do you get? You, you said you 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 use Stitch as well. I see. I when I do the podcast, I'm going to Facebook, uh, Twitter, Periscope, and yeah. you, YouTube. Um, you've you've had uh, really good results with. You said Stitch. Uh, it's called Stitcher. It's it's a platform to to push out podcasts. Um, so I'm on iTunes, uh, which is it's the, it's the biggest one that people know. Stitcher is another big one. It's just a platform where you can push your your podcast out uh, from. Uh, but yeah, you can if you go to iTunes, there's a link uh, on my website. You can you can get connected to iTunes. You can see all my episodes on iTunes. Uh, you can see them on my actual website. You can you can have them delivered to your uh, email box. So it's good. It's fun. That's good, and it is fun, and uh, you sound like you're enjoying it. Again, folks, it's CJ, like Charlie John, evolution.com. Go ahead and check it out. I'm sure you will enjoy it. Hey, I want to thank you so much for joining me this evening. We've been on, actually here for about 40 minutes already yakking. Um, yeah, that's it. Very, very that nice. That sounds great, Michael. Yeah, and, and uh, much, uh, much success to you and your show. Thank you so much. I do appreciate it, uh, and uh, I'd love to do this again. Um, I'll be a little bit more prepared for you. I had some issues with computers and stuff like that earlier today, so I've been, <laughs> you know. That's, yeah, yeah, I'd love to, love to come back on whenever, whenever you want me to. Just send me an email. All right, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. All right, buddy. All right, take care now. All right, take care. All right, folks, Bye-bye. that was, uh, that was uh, Pat Fitzgibbons. And again, um, Great podcasts, uh, cjevolution.com. That's cjevolution.com. I'm going to take a quick break here, and uh, we'll be back in a teeny little bit, and I will speak to you in, I don't know, three minutes, four minutes, something like that. Anyway, hang on, and we will continue in just a moment. (laughs) 